Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Rundown, where we talk about 2A news and conservative views. I will be your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the left coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. And today is Taco Tuesday. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. Just open your mouth. I'm sorry. Got a little excited there. Got a little excited there for a minute. <laughs> yes, we call it Taco Tuesday because, well, it is, you know, what I love about tacos, once again, and I, I know I tell you this every Tuesday, but it's, it's to me, it's the quintessential American food. And is, it is, it is exemplar, exemplary of the diversity, uh, but as well as the American spirit, where we can basically take something that was brought to us, something that was brought to the party uh, by a particular culture, and now we have made it our own, as we do many things in American. American tacos are uniquely American. Anyway, so good stuff. Going to have a good time here on Taco Tuesday. Thank you so much once again for joining us. We're going to... Mikey is still in New York City, so I'm wondering, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they... They haven't kidnapped him or anything like that. So, uh, but hopefully we'll have him back tomorrow for, uh, for hump day. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and get into the news today. Uh, but before we do, once again, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsors. We're going to start with Hitman Industries. Uh, if you own an AR, if you purchase an AR recently, then chances are you already have one of their barrels. But these folks make the premier uh, rifle and pistol length barrels. So you want to check them out at hitmanindustries.net. And uh, as Mike always says, coming soon... They're going to have Glock barrels. So check them out once again at hitmanindustries.net. Uh, give them a holler. And by the way, uh, if you're a first responder, get your first responder discount once again there at Hitman Industries. Then we have the California Republican Assembly. Ronald Reagan referred to CRA as the conscience of the Republican Party. I like to prefer to them call them the Republican wing of the Republican Party in California, uh, working to help elect conservatives from school board all the way up to president of the United States. Folks, this is the largest and fastest growing grassroots conservative organization in the state of California. Already this year, they've charted five more chapters and they have five more in the process. Folks, they have grown. I'm, I'm telling you, you got to check them out. CRAGOP.org. That's CRAGOP.org. Become a part of California's future today. Join CRA. Then we've got Hog Holsters. Uh, whether you're looking for inside the waistband or outside the waistband, whether you're looking for tactical holster or you're looking for a concealed carry holster, trust me, they've got what you're looking for. If you got an optical on there that you're concerned, maybe their, their holster's not going to fit, or maybe you have a light on there, whatever accessories you have, trust me, they have the setup for you. Just visit them at hogholsters.com. That's hogholsters.com. Make sure you use the discount code, the rundown, all caps, no spaces. Uh, and you you know, get your get your discount. So check them out, hogholsters.com, helping America wear guns. Then we've got uh, then we've got uscombatgear.com, the place to go if you're if you if you need outdoor gear, whether it's cold weather gear, warm weather gear, rain gear, uh, whether you need backpacks, 
uh, hats, helmets, sunglasses, boots, you name it, they've got it. They've got excellent prices, uh, great customer service, uh, fast shipping, veteran-owned and operated. Check them out now at uscombatgear.com. All right. Let's get into the program here. Uh, we're going to start with impeachment. Now, folks, the uh, as, as noted in the, the title of this particular program, uh, I will tell you the evidence is mounting fast. And when I say evidence, I mean real evidence, right? I'm not talking about the sort of, of stuff that they came up with against President Trump. In fact, well, I'll, I'll get back to it in a second. Well, no, no, I'll just tell you now. So, in fact... What we're finding out now was that the the first impeachment trial of President Trump, well, let's just say when he was asking them to investigate the Bidens, it was for a reason, right? And now we're finding out more and more about, well, we're finding out more and more about, now we're finding out more and more about some of this stuff. We are starting to realize that, well, uh, impeachment may wind up being inevitable. In fact, there's tons of stories out right now where Kevin McCarthy is basically saying, look, um, I don't know. This is starting to reach impeachment level stuff. You know, they don't have some fake phone call, some, some, some whistleblower from some phone call there. In this case, you have a whistleblower who basically is a friend of Hunter Biden, who was a, who worked with Hunter Biden. Uh, who is a business partner with Hunter Biden, who's supposed to be coming uh, to Congress in order to testify against Hunter Biden. And that's what they're saying here. So they're saying this cohort is going to link Biden to Sun's shady business deals. Now, what they're saying, and what this guy has basically been saying, is that uh, they actually had, like, like, phone calls, right? Like, what they would do, they would do phone calls with, uh, uh, they would be, they would be him and him and Hunter would be together and they would actually, he would, Hunter would actually get his father on the phone, get his father on the phone. He would make promises. Then he would get his father on the phone. His father would get on the phone and do all sorts of vague comments, like not really confirming what his son has said, but pretty much knowing that he's talking to a business partner of his son, of his sons. And by the way, this is not after he was out of office. This was while he was in office, right? There's actually one inst one instance where uh, he met with some Ukrainian businessmen or, or some folks from, from Burisma. And uh, they he, he met with them from Burisma. Uh, he got his dad on the phone. His dad, you know, talked with them for a little bit, didn't commit to doing anything, but... Talk to them a little bit, and basically what they were doing, they were showing access, and he's, you know, he's showing that that he had access. Well, sure enough, not too long after that, Hunter and Grandpa Joe or Papa Joe, they fly off on Air Force Two to Ukraine, and lo and behold, that is the time in which the uh, prosecutor got fired, where he basically, and there's, there's, he's on video saying that he told them, look, if you don't fire this guy, I am going to, you're not going to get this billion dollars in aid. So turns out Biden did exact, first of all, first of all, we already knew this. We already knew that Biden, there's evidence, there's physical evidence because he said it. There's already evidence that Biden did exactly what Trump got impeached for. 
Now we know, or at least there, there are links that are now tying Joe Biden and the money and Hunter Biden to all of this. Now, those of us in conservative circles already knew that because we've already, we knew the laptop was real three years ago, right? Not long after the FBI knew that it was real. And I still go back to all of this because the main thing that we've got here is, is we've got whistleblowers from the IRS that are talking about how the Department of Justice slow rolled the investigation. I mean, it's it's really kind of obvious here, folks. And this is the sort of stuff that presidents should get impeached for, right? Not just the fact that he, while in office, it, it appears that he's been taking bribes or kickbacks, but then on top of it now, his Department of Justice is covering it up. Huh. Yeah. But nope, nope, nope. There's nothing to see here. According to Democrats, there's absolutely positively nothing to see here. Uh, here, according to the Washington Times, his mounting evidence shows President Biden was involved in his family's shady foreign business deals and looming testimony from a former associate would make it harder for the White House to refute charges of influence peddling and bribery. Now, here's what's interesting about it. You'll notice even the conversations, even the terms that are being used by like KJP, right? How many times has she said, or has the president said, I never talked to Hunter about his business. I never talked to Hunter about his business. Now all of a sudden she's saying the president was not in business with his son. Yeah, no, that's not what you said. Oh, she said, oh, she said, I forgot. She said, I've said it many times. The president was not in business with his son. Yet, no, that's not what you said. That's not what you said at all. What you said was he never talked to his son about his business. Now we know that's not true. We know it based on information that's come from Hunter Biden's laptop. We know it because Bob Alinsky, right? You might you remember that guy from a couple of years ago who came out and was like, yeah, no, I, I, he told us, he talked about the business dealings. Now here's another guy, another, and once again, these are not people who are, these are not like crazy, you know, these are not conservatives that are coming out to attack him. These are business people who were doing business with the Bidens. These are their friends that are turning on them. Huh. Yeah, we could very easily, and Kevin McCarthy has come out and said, yeah, it's looking more and more like we could be dealing with, and we could definitely be dealing with an impeachment, articles of impeachment here, because once again, this is the sort of stuff uh, that you eventually wind up getting impeached over. Now, and you know, it, it's weird. It, it's also kind of weird because I think back to, you know, when everything was going on with the impeachment trial for President Bush, I mean, President, uh, President Trump. And I remember that the media was like, oh my God, there are these whistleblowers and we need to believe the whistleblowers and protect the whistleblowers. But now all of a sudden, folks like MSNBC, and they're not the only ones, but all of a sudden, uh, whistleblowers aren't quite as, as, uh, as sacred as they once were. 
There's a big story in the Washington Post about a whistleblower inside the Trump administration. Breaking news, Donald Trump busted. If there is an allegation of misconduct involving classified information and the president of the United States and some improper promise, surely there has to be a way for that information to get to Congress. This isn't optional. It's mandated by law. Now, before we go any further tonight, I want to tell you that alone is a bombshell. The director of national intelligence is trying to cook up some crazy privilege thing that excuses them from following the whistleblower law. Our big question today is why is this whistleblower being silenced? Harry, what does it say that Republicans are trying to misappropriate the whistleblower term? They make things up and they have all of these so-called whistleblowers. Just to try to create this atmosphere around President Biden, that he must have done something wrong. Yeah, I mean, there is a political farce here. This is how they're using their power. Create this this impression that somehow uh, he's done something wrong and he's corrupt. For every Republican accusation is a confession. It's all projection. It's so beyond, right? It doesn't even present as legitimate political oversight or discourse. And so what this showed clearly is that there was no special treatment uh, with Hunter Biden. I want to thank the folks over at the Washington Free Beacon for providing that uh, that video. But think about that. I mean, now, now, mind you, the interesting thing about it is, is that all they're doing, all you see the talking heads doing is tearing down the uh, the 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 whistleblowers. Right. But but check this out. This is this is Google News. Right now. Think about this. There are now two IRS whistleblowers. One, I mean, both of them are career are career uh, investigators. Uh, one of them is a is a, is a devout Democrat, so they don't have any real issues here. But I'm like, so you got that now? You've got you've already had one of Biden's business partners come out and say something a couple of years ago. Now you've got another one who's coming out. But look here, look at look at the Google News. Look, do you see anything? Here you have, and by the way, this is what they do now, right? This is what they do is they talk about Republicans' reaction. So in other words, they're talking about Republicans talking impeachment, but what they're not talking about is the is the reason why they're talking impeachment. What they're not pointing to in any of the things that they're pointing to has to do with exactly what is going on here. All of this money that has exchanged hands, all this money. You had Hunter Biden flying around the world to pick up cash for his family. You have nine different Biden family members collecting in total, I think it was $17 million. And look, nothing. Absolutely nothing about it. Absolutely nothing in the news about it. Nobody cares. They act as if no one cares. And then we wonder why. We wonder what is going on. And, you know, I, I will say this. I appreciate and I like the way that, uh, that this is being handled. I like the way that Kevin McCarthy is dealing. Because the whole goal is this. Is that unlike what they did with Donald Trump, where they just said, we're going to impeach him. Right? Unlike Marjorie Taylor Greene tried to do it, so we're just going to impeach him. What Kevin McCarthy is doing is laying out the case. They're, they're having these hearings, uh, uh, and Jim Jordan is leading the way, leading the charge here. Uh, you've got uh, a, a corner, corner uh, you've got him. They're, they're leading the way. They are bringing in people who are not 
uh, who are who are not conservatives. They're not Republicans. They're not part of the establishment. These are career people, and they're bringing together facts, data, and information. They're bringing together corroborated uh, concerns, and they're pointing to two things. Two things here we're talking about. And if I'm repeating myself, forgive me. The first thing that they're talking about is bribery and access peddling. Now, access peddling when he's not president is not a crime. But now we're finding out that there was access peddling while he was in office, while he was vice president. So there's that, right? But then there's also the interference. There is the Department of Justice refusing to look into these. And that's the reason why, the way, by the way, folks, that's the reason why they refuse to look into the tax stuff. Because once you start following the money, uh, the money leads to the Biden family and uh, to the big guy himself. Anyway, uh, let's see. We've got uh, we've got uh, Magnet. Oh, hey, Magnet. Good to see you, brother. I know I agree with you, Magnet. We definitely should impeach him. But once again, it's a process. The, here's the thing. Even guilty people deserve due process. And what I like about what they're doing is they're getting he's getting his due process uh, and, and they're, they're working at it uh, at, at a feverish pace. Um, what I'm hoping we will eventually see is is that as the stuff starts to come out that uh, well eventually we will start to see uh, we, we, we'll see we'll see it we'll get it to the point where Democrats are either going to have to fall in line and realize yeah no no he's got to go or that they won't and then we vote their asses out or the people will vote their asses out but who knows Anyway, uh, Jim, thank you so much. I'm glad you appreciate the program. Do me a favor. However you're watching us, I see you're watching us on Facebook. Share it on your timeline. Let folks know this is the place to be uh, around this time. But yeah, I, it is it, it is beyond frustrating that you have to go through all of this stuff when we all know that he is so clearly, so clearly uh, guilty of influence peddling, uh, and then trying to cover it up. Uh, but, and I, and I hate that our country is starting to look like a banana Republic. Uh, but this is the stuff has got to be handled. It's got to be rooted out. It's got to be dealt with. And I, and I need you to understand something as well. The whole, this is not the only, there have been under Republican administrations where the department of justice, uh, and various other agencies have been guilty of, uh, of, of political bias. I hate to say this, but but it has been. But part of that is also that there is a thing in the bureaucracy and the swamp, shall we say, uh, where they don't really care about either party. They care about increasing their power, right? In increasing their authority, and that is the thing that we've got to get rid of. That there's, it's not just reducing the influence of the political appointees. But then there's the career bureaucrat that sees their uh, department, their agency as their fiefdom. And uh, they use it to wield power over even over the electeds. And they are there when the elected person that you like or the person, elected person that you hate uh, is, is, is gone. Long after they've left, these bureaucrats are still around. So there's a lot of swamp that needs to be cleaned out and... Uh, uh, I am hoping that uh, whoever the Republican is that winds up winning, uh, if it is Donald Trump, I, I'm hoping that uh, he fulfills his commitment uh, and drains the swamp. Speaking about uh, the swamp, uh, 
Let's talk about the Swamp Thing. I mean, Kamala Harris. Um, Kamala Harris came out the other day and had made a statement uh, about the new black history curriculum uh, or, or guidelines uh, in the uh, in the state of Florida. And what's interesting about it is, is she literally, uh, well, let me, let me, I'll, I'll play her words for you and then you can, uh, then we'll, then we'll talk a little bit about them. Adults know what slavery really involved. It involved rape. It involved torture. It involved taking a baby from their mother. So in the context of that, how is it that anyone could suggest that in the midst of these atrocities, that there was any benefit to being subjected to this level of dehumanization? In the midst of these atrocities, that there was some benefit. All right, so let's talk a little bit about that. So she talked about how basically she is saying that they're supposed to teach middle schoolers that uh, that there were actually benefits to slavery. And that actually is not uh, what the curriculum said. And, and, and I have here a couple of clips from uh, one of the individuals who actually was on the working committee that came up with these came up with these points and, and, and real, really what the point was that they were saying is, first of all, there were like 109 pages and, uh, and it, it covered everything. Everything that she just mentioned is all covered as, as points that, that are to be covered in the curriculum or in the teaching of black history. But what they did point out was that, uh, was that there were instances where some did learn trades that would benefit them after they were after after they were saying or that they could utilize and and here's the, I want you to understand this is the context in which they included uh, or, or recommended that uh, that uh, uh, that 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 be included that that be included and here it goes. So there's been uh, there's been a little bit of backlash um, to. To these standards that you know were put out, and you know, like you said, that you know these were these were done in open, uh, open sessions, so the public could you know listen or watch along. Um, you know, what would what would you say to critics uh, who say these standards um, have set education back? Well, I can't answer critics whom I haven't seen or heard. The only criticism I've encountered so far is a single one that was articulated by the vice president and which was an error as i stated in my response to the vice president it was categorically false it was never said that slavery was beneficial to africans what was said and anyone who reads this will see this with clarity it is the case that africans proved resourceful resilient and adaptive and were able to develop skills and aptitudes which served to their benefit both while enslaved and after enslavement. So that's the context in which he was stating that. And, and the idea here wasn't to show that, oh, you know, slave, you know, slave owners uh, were attempting to do something or did something that was 
quote unquote beneficial to blacks or to slaves. But what they're really trying to get, what he's really trying to get here is once again, the resilience of those who survived slavery uh, so as not to just, once slavery was over, so as not to just survive it, but in some cases were able to take what they got and 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 thrive. And that's what he's talking about here. You know, this, this was a group effort, um, you know, along with, you know, all these, everyone on the task force. Um, you know, do you have, do you have a message to, to people out there who, you know, may be, um, you know, only consuming this news through a, you know, a broadcast like ours or reading on the internet? Do you, is there, is there a message that you want to send to, you know, people out there about, uh, this task force and the the product that it delivered to the state. Yes, yeah, so I would certainly say to people, I know that people can't engage in the in-depth research, which stands behind many of the task force members and a product like this, but they need to know that it is available to them. They could read John Hope Franklin, who wrote an extensive work on the history of Africans from the 17th century well into the 19th century, which shows copious examples of what we described. Similarly, Henry Louis Gates, whose slave narratives offer examples also, and Paul Finkelman's Encyclopedia of African-American History, or the more recent work by David Hackett Fisher on African founders. And I would ask people to bear in mind that when we talk about the resourcefulness of those people subject to the oppression of slavery, we're not talking only about the United States. We're talking about people worldwide, and particularly in the islands before they came often to the United States, as well as those who came directly from Africa. We're talking about the experience of oppression and how people respond to the experience of oppression. And we want people to recognize that there's an opposite to Stockholm syndrome. People don't necessarily simply embrace their oppressors when they're oppressed. They also react adaptively and they find ways to make pathways for themselves even in the presence of oppression. And that's what calls upon their resourcefulness, their resilience, and their adaptability. And from these things, we begin to see how it becomes possible for some people to see that even though people were enslaved, they made great contributions to the growing prosperity of this society. So that's the context. Now, you don't have to like the context, but the context is not what what the vice president is trying to claim it is not what democrats are trying to claim it is they are just flat out lying and the the worst part is is that most people will never hear what this individual had to say they will never get a chance to hear his words and hear the understanding it, it, because by, by the way most people aren't going to go and read the actual guidelines because if they did as he stated in the first clip they would probably get this they would probably understand what it is that he's talking about. But in today's TikTok culture, you know, in today's Reels culture, where you only really watch something that's about 60 seconds to, to 90 seconds, or, or you, you take as gospel the stuff that comes out of the trap of, of, of folks who we know are not the sharpest knives in the drawer, uh, but have an agenda of their own, uh, you know, we know exactly what's going on. We know exactly what's going on with some of those folks. Uh, I had a comment here over at Opslens uh, from Mary. I'm going to go ahead and read this comment here. This is from uh, Mary Atkinson, Mary Atkinson Snyder. She says, 
impeachment is impeachment is a process. I can understand why people are impatient. It looked like it looked like the impeachment of our president, Mr. Trump, was done quickly. But you need to remember the dem the the Democrats or Democ Democrats. There you go. Uh, were poised to do it from the time he announced that he was running for president. They they were working. Uh, let's see here. They were working. They were working on it over three oh, for over three years. So yes, they were working for on it for over three years. Looks like we've got another comment here from Charlie. Uh, Charlie says, "Teach U.S. history, reading, writing, and arithmetic sciences. Eliminate the all races all racism references." Slavery in the U.S. ended in 1865 after five years of civil war and bloodshed and the hatred Obama inflicted on the USA. Uh, Charlie, here's where I will disagree with you. And because keep in mind, uh, slavery ended. And, and by the way, slavery changed the entire culture of a large group of people in this country. That's number one. And then when slavery ended, you still had after that uh, over, you know, a hundred years of Jim Crow and, 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 and racist stuff going on in the South, mostly pushed by Democrats. Uh, but you still had that going on. And I'll give you, I, I, I'll, I'll give you this example. I am a part of the first generation to grow up equal under the law, meaning after the 1964 Civil Rights Act. So it's important for us to know and understand our history. We need to talk about it because slavery did have a great impact on our country. It did. And it was the, the, the if you want to talk about the big stain on our country when, 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 our, when it was founded, it was that. And the founders knew it was that. They knew it had to end. And I think talking about it, talking about how horrific it was and understanding that, but also understanding the tremendous sacrifice that America paid that whites and blacks blacks and whites paid in order to end that institution i think it's vitally important that we know understand and recognize that because that is a part of who we are that is a part of our legacy and you don't want to ignore legacy you don't want to do like what they're trying like, like, like what democrats want to do they want to erase anything that they disagreed with from the uh, from from the past my problem is is that if you do not learn from history you are doomed to repeat it. And if you ignore history, you can't learn from it. So anyway, Charlie, that's my two cents. Uh, that's my two cents on it. Uh, I get what you're saying, though. We shouldn't be focusing on racism. And by the way, slavery is a big part of U.S. history. So I don't disagree with your concept, your idea about teaching about U.S. history. But anyway. All right, we're going to move on to our last story of the day. And this has to do with the folks down there in Philadelphia. Now, what they're doing in Philadelphia is they're targeting FFLs or firearms retailers. Now, we have known for well over a decade that there are a handful of, uh, there are a handful of firearms retailers that, uh, for some reason, seem to be the bulk of where uh, straw purchases or guns, crime guns are being found. Right. Uh, they tied in this particular case, they tied it specifically to uh, some gun shops there in Philadelphia. In fact, let me read. Let me read. Uh, let me pull up the story here for you. And let me let me read it. Let me read it for you. So they're basically they're targeting these gun stores with lawsuits. All right. It says here, Philly targets firearm vendors in straw purchasing lawsuit. The city is suing three gun shops for being the source of over thirteen hundred 
uh, firearms used in crimes throughout the city and over the course of four years. It says here Philadelphia officials are taking aim at gun vendors who they claim have provided criminals with more than 1,300 of the firearms used in crimes committed in the city over the course of four years. Our administration is committed to using every possible legal means to stop the flow of illegal guns into our streets, said Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kearney. On Tuesday, officials unveiled a lawsuit against uh, several firearms vendors, Frank's Gun Shop and, and Shooting Range, and Delia's Gun Shop, both located in Northeast Philadelphia, along with Tanner's Sports Center, located in Jameson, in Bucks County, citing allegation, citing allegations that claim these shops recklessly and repeatedly engaged in straw purchasing transactions that helped fuel gun violence in Philadelphia. They helped fuel gun violence in Philadelphia. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this because what's there's there, there's a good and there's a bad here. The good is that if they're recognizing that there are certain Looking into entities who have, who are, I mean, this is, this is a large number of straw purchases. I mean, if you can prove that they were straw purchases, then, then there's a problem here. All right. If you can prove that they are, if you can prove and provide evidence, maybe do some sort of, of undercover investigation, try to find out exactly how this is happening. These firearms retailers, if there is a disproportionate number of firearms that are, are turning out to be crime guns that are sold from these stores, there needs to be an investigation. I don't know that a lawsuit basically attempting to put them out of business because, you know, the city, they're going to spend whatever money they can spend. And the gun, sh- gun stores, well, they're only going to be able to spend as much money as they have, right? Which probably isn't as much as the city can afford to put up. My question is, is it, the, is it the gun store owner? Is it actually the gun store? Or are people, you know, what is going on here? We need to find that out. And I'm just, the idea of utilizing civil lawsuits uh, to go after firearms retailers, to go after people who are, who, who could be just simply doing everything legal, uh, but in the end, they're not going to have their guilt or innocence actually proved. In many cases, they may wind up just being put out of business just because, you know, the city has more money. It's like playing poker. You know, when you're playing, it's like playing no limit poker, right? Uh, you don't have to be the best poker player if you can just simply keep raising it, raising this, raising the stake or raising the pot to the point where the other person or the other players can't afford to stay in the hand. And if they keep having to fold, eventually you are going to go, if you just go all in, uh, they are not going to be able to cover your, they're not going to be able to cover your bet and they're eventually just going to be out of the game. And that's what they're looking to do here. They're looking to play no limit poker uh, with these businesses. And once again, that may, that means that justice may or may not be done. And I'm not in favor of that. That's the downside. Well, so anyway, so I, I said there was an upside and a downside. That's the downside. Anyway, major. It's a it's a major concern there. And I think that uh, the people who need to be doing this, instead of trying to take away firearms from individuals, the people who really need to be looking at this are the people over at the ATF, right? I, they're the ones that really should be looking into this. And I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong. I'm assuming that they have. I find it hard to believe that they haven't and that they haven't found anything legally wrong. 
if I'm wrong, tell me. But I'm assuming somewhere in this lawsuit, somewhere in here, we're going to find out from the ATF. We're going to hear something from the ATF uh, about their investigations. But like I said, I think the idea of suing a business, uh, suing a business with the intent of putting them out of business uh, simply by running up the tab, I think is a bad idea. And I think it's a, I think it's a, a wrong way to try and, uh, uh, if your goal is to reduce violence, uh, I don't think that's a positive way to do it. I think it's a really negative way to do it. Anyway, that's my two cents. All right, we're going to now move on to, let's see here, where are we at? Uh, we are now on our parting shots. Parting Shots is brought to you by Hog Holsters. Just go to hogholsters.com, use discount code THERUNDOWN, all caps, no spaces. Get your Hog Holster today. All right. Our first one, and now there is a uh, there is a whistleblower, another whistleblower. And I'm assuming or I'm hoping that uh, the press and the media will take this, this, uh, this whistleblower seriously because this is actually a White House whistleblower. Uh, and here's what they're saying. Uh, there's a silhouette of an old gentleman. It says, uh, it says, breaking news, anonymous White House whistleblower comes forward. White House whistleblower claims strangers drag him from place to place and make him sign papers and read words on monitors, and he hardly gets any ice cream. Who? Wow, I'm wondering exactly who this whistleblower could be. Doesn't make any sense to me. I have no idea who it could possibly be, but kind of looks like someone. And I won't say I don't want to. I don't want to out his real name. Looks like someone named uh, 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 Bo Jiden. There you go. Sounds like Joe Biden. Moving right along. Uh, oh, election integrity. This is always a good one. If you remember the movie The uh, The Sixth Sense, we have the little boy who says, "I see dead people." And then you have Bruce Willis who's asking him, what are the dead people doing? They're voting by mail. Yes, they are. Uh-oh, hope I don't get, hope I don't get in trouble for that one. I hope I don't lose my channel talking about that one. And then finally, we have a combination of uh, uh, two stories that have been brought together, one of them being Snow White, the new, uh, the new release of the new uh, live action, Snow White. Uh, and then the other is uh, cocaine in the White House. And you can already tell exactly what that's going to bring us to. Snow White House, cocaine found. Blow, blow, blow Biden's West Wing. <laughs> so now he's not Joe Biden. He's Blow Biden. <laughs> I know. And y you know what's coming next, right? Yeah, I'm sure you do. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Gotta love it, gotta love it, gotta love it, gotta love it. All right, folks. Well, hey, that's gonna be it for today's program. Uh, please make it a point to like and share the program. Let your phones know all about it. But, oh, almost forgot. Before we go, gotta make a shout out once again to our sponsors. Hitman Industries. Visit them at hitmanindustries.net. Rifle and pistol length barrels available. Become a part of California's future today. Join CRA. And then we've got Get Your Hog Holster at hogholsters.com. Use discount code The Rundown, all caps, no spaces. Get your hog holster today. Finally, outdoor gear, camping gear, uh, tactical gear, hot gear, heat gear, winter gear, summer gear, whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at uscombatgear.com. 
And with that, we're going to go ahead and call it a day. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will be back tomorrow. And hopefully Mikey will be back with us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Hope Day. Till then, y'all stay safe. Have a good time.